This is the Business Breakfast with Oanda. Online trading, currency data, money transfers. Now joining me going through the morning's business headlines is Craig Earlham, Senior Market Analyst at Oanda. Craig, very good morning to you. Before we dive into the day's headlines, let's take a look at the markets. We're still getting good news and then pullbacks from uh, vaccine information. Um, where are we at the moment? The, the market's uh, a little bit flat, I guess, this week. It's, we've, we're continuing to see some positive results as far as these vaccines are concerned. The biggest lift came, obviously, from Pfizer just over a week ago. Uh, and I think, to a certain extent, Moderna was uh, partially priced in at that point. At the minute that the Pfizer results were announced, you started to see Moderna's name uh, mentioned alongside it, the similar uh, technology approach. Uh, and therefore, when the announcement came, perhaps when we, we saw a more muted response, and that was because of that uh, effective pricing in. So it'll be interesting to see what happens when we do see further announcements, if we if they do come in the coming weeks from AstraZeneca and uh, and others. But it seems that the markets have just gone a little bit flat at the moment, and that's not the end of the world. We've we saw a strong uh, week in the markets during the U.S. presidential election. We saw a strong week, obviously, the week after with the Pfizer results and a, a decent start to this week as well. These markets don't move in a straight line. So when you're seeing 10 to 15 percent gains in the course of two weeks, maybe a little bit of a pullback is just healthy. And there's so much still to look forward to over the course of the next couple of weeks. Still so much uh action uh, that's likely to be seen in these markets because of the amount that's still to happen in the final six weeks of the year that it could just be a, a, another scenario where we're kind of seeing the car before the storm. Now we're part way through Boris Johnson's reset week in the UK. Um, yesterday we heard about his plans for a green revolution and the uh, uh, the perhaps muted spending that was connected with that three billion pounds in new money. But this morning, um, the uh, defence industry and defence uh, chiefs in the UK are celebrating a much larger win: sixteen and a half billion pounds increase in the uh, the budgets for the uh, the Ministry of Defence. Um, I mean, first of all, we the the defence um, sector and the uh, defence uh, department of the UK has uh, been complaining for years about technology um, not being up to scratch and the equipment that um, uh, soldiers in the military are having to use being behind the times. First of all, this is a good thing in terms of that part of the um, uh, of government, etc., isn't it? Yeah, of course. Uh, and they, I think they, they were keen to obviously mention cyber. And I think we've all become far more aware of uh, cybersecurity over the course of the last uh, over the last well, five to ten years. We've the, the amount of uh, cyber attacks that we've seen on various firms has uh, been headline news. So when you're seeing the government trying to justify this extra investment by referencing this, then um, then it's it's with the, the idea of obviously getting more people on board because what you don't want to do is obviously lose people at the point of pandemic when you're trying to convince people that this is the right time to be spending uh, 16 billion uh, pounds uh, <laughs> at a time when uh, people are struggling, when we, when you're being caught up in uh, debates about um, uh, feeding vulnerable kids, for example, during school holidays, mm. when you're resisting this and then saying, but here's an extra 16 billion for the military, uh, you, you're going to struggle to get a lot of people on board. But I think uh, it, this is an area that obviously they've suggested has been underinvested in in some time, uh, and therefore it's a, it's a modernisation effort uh, rather than uh, rather than just a, a, a factor just trying to bulk out the military and um, trying to kind of engage with those types of uh, policies. So 
Uh, yeah, it, it's again, it's it's a strange time to announce something like this, but um, if it's obviously something that's necessary in order to bring the military up to date, then um, that then sometimes you just these types of money has to be spent. I guess it'll be sold as money that will trickle back into the economy through mm-hmm. uh, defence and technology firms. Are you expecting a, a pickup in those um, in in those businesses? Yeah, you would expect to see that. You would expect to see the, the businesses that have contracts, uh, for example, with the uh, UK government in the defence industry to see a little bit of a pickup. Um, obviously, this is a considerable investment. It's a ten percent increase. So, like, so, so we're not we're not talking small numbers. And that, like, as you've said, the government was also keen to stress that, that this is about also investing in uh, in, high, in 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 high quality jobs. There's one about forty thousand new jobs which will be created as a result of this. So this isn't just uh, effectively throwing money away here. This is about investing. In, in 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 high quality uh, jobs as well. So mm. yeah, you would expect to see uh, you would expect expect to see uh, a bit of a bump in terms of a number of these companies that have contracts with the government. Sure, but you've mentioned already the headache that uh, it brings in terms of spending. So the government's already fought battles in terms of the money that is going towards things like, as you say, it's, um, free meals for um, disadvantaged children during school holidays, um, and a proposed cut in terms of the the foreign aid bill. We have the spending review from Rishi Sunak, the Chancellor, next week. I would say that this is going to perhaps come at a, an awkward time. Yeah, it's going to come at a very awkward time. And even now, we still don't know what the, the real cost of this pandemic is going to be. It's good that we're now seeing vaccines so that they can start to kind of put a date in the calendar for when you can start to see the economy return to normal and try and uh, at least plan ahead to how long you're going to need these supportive measures for. But that's why I said, that's why I said it's an interesting time to announce something like this defence mm. spending because of all the spending which the government is currently doing on things like furlough schemes and support schemes and uh, business support, etc., and extra money for the NHS, whatever it is, it, this is probably the hardest one to uh, to to ultimately justify, especially if it's going to come at the cost of something else. So the spending review is going to be really interesting. But as we've said before on the show, naturally no one wants to see the UK debt pile add, uh, increase by 10 20% uh, over the course of a couple of years. But if there was ever a time to borrow, this is ultimately it. This is a time when we're seeing negative interest rates in the market. Yeah, and you, I don't think it's going to change for the next few you, years. You've, uh, you've uh, taken it, the words so. out of my mouth. Let's actually dive into that because what is the actual cost here? We're seeing inflation going particularly you know really nowhere there was you know a 0.7% increase in CPI yesterday um, interest rates um, that the the uh, government is having to uh, spend on borrowing are going nowhere either um, really we are seeing a lot of talk in terms of tax rises and um, potential austerity policies from the Chancellor and yet there doesn't actually seem to be a need for those no, um, like I say, I mean, the, the downside is that anything borrowed still has to be repaid. You may not be paying interest on it, but it's still it's still something that has to be repaid at some point in the future. So uh, it, it, it's not completely, obviously, free in that sense. Mm. But yes, there is a time and a place, and the time is not in the midst of a pandemic. So you, you imagine that the Chancellor is going to take advantage um, of... Uh, of these low, low borrowing costs, I don't think there's going to be an urgency as far as, these, as as far as they're concerned to start imposing austerity. And we have to remember we've been through more than a decade of austerity, so I don't think also many governments around the world, probably including the UK, are going to see that as a viable approach in trying to uh, repay the debt. It is going to come from tax increases.
increases in inflation ultimately where the, the hope is going to be that we generate enough inflation that we can uh, inflate out a certain amount of debt mm. it is going to be a very a long-term approach there isn't a case that we're going to try and it's not going to be like the, the government back in 2010 where they're saying we want to be fiscal uh, fiscal positive by 2015 for example or 20 whatever they, they, this is going to be more uh, going to have to be a more long-term approach in order to try and uh, address this and in the meantime they've got plenty of scope uh, to uh, tie them over because of those ultra low interest rates you've just alluded to inflation there 0.7% even on a core basis 1.5% there is going to be absolutely no urgency um, in terms of raising interest rates in terms of the economy being in a position where interest rates are going to rise so these these conditions are, go, are likely to be in place in the market some time that's not something you can necessarily bank on in terms of borrowing money just crossing your fingers and hoping that we don't see inflation and rate rises but it is something that we the, 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 the bank the government does have uh, to its advantage uh, at this moment in time and when the time does come then it is inevitably going to be tax hikes that we are going to see the question is then going to be uh, where is where are they going to come european leaders meeting in brussels at, well actually uh, meeting remotely um they would usually have been meeting um in brussels um but this was supposed to be the crucial date when they would decide what to do if a brexit deal hadn't been decided um now as far as we know, a Brexit deal has not been decided. Um, but I su- submit to you that um, no one is really expecting um, negotiations to break down after today. No, it feels like we're just in the final stretch. And yes, there is still things to be agreed. But in any negotiation, you leave the hard points to last. Uh, and that's when the compromises are made. Yes, we, they wanted a deal to be done by today. They wanted a deal to be done by last week, the week before and the week before that. There's been numerous deadlines throughout this entire process over the last four and a half years. So no one's going to be surprised that we're, we're, we're heading into the 11th hour once again. But I think the, I, I don't think we can understate just how much of an absolute a travesty it would be if after four and a half years of efforts talks collapsed at this point and I think that would be the case for both sides uh, I think both sides want a deal and that both sides will reach a deal we're just seeing that last little bit of uh, negotiating taking place and it, ultimately there's talk that this could come as early as uh, as maybe Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday next week so I think we are hitting the point now we, well, we've completely almost run out of time so it has to happen it has to be ratified by the European Parliament and all the respective governments so that need that that's going to take a little bit of time as well but we're just in the last bit of hard compromise now and um i have i i have no doubt that that's going to happen and the markets seem to view that way as well we've seen very little volatility in things like the currency in, in things like the pound which is where you tend to look for kind of signs of brexit um unease uh, that seems to be where you see the the most immediate reaction and we've seen very little volatility to the downside in that sense and that suggests that people are, are extremely uh comfortable with the situation and don't view it as a major threat so that's where the down the major risk lies if some bizarre reason these talks do break down at this stage then I, I imagine that you would see a very negative reaction in the currency because there is a view that this is it's a case of when rather than if and that's the first time we can really say that now uh, over the course of the last four years no one likes surprises craig always a pleasure speaking with you craig earlham their senior market analyst at oanda the business breakfast on jazz fm with oanda online trading currency data money transfers 